Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I am your host, Tammy West, and I have a couple of weird things to talk to you about before we start talking about inadequacy and how it actually serves you. So both of them are related to the Zoom feature, and I just wanted you to comment in the show notes on YouTube, wherever you are, if you're watching on YouTube, about my new virtual backdrop. So I'm working on lighting and sound. I'll put some pictures in the show notes. Like this has now become as cozy to me as the podcast closet. I put curtains on the walls. I have pictures and sound. It's just, it's just amazing. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, did you know? Now, if you're not watching on YouTube, then I'll go fast because you won't even know what I'm talking about. But go look. You can put makeup on in Zoom. Okay, so watch. Some of you probably already knew this. So I'm going to go to my video filter, studio effects, and look. Eyebrows, mustaches. What do you think about that one? Okay. Again, you might. So I put on, I don't have anything. I, I took the mustache off, but I did put on lipstick. And so as I'm talking, if you're seeing, it looks like I have on this really like light lipstick, but watch this. I get close. If I touch my lips, it goes away. Comes back, goes away. I don't know. Isn't that funny? All right. Enough silly business there, because what we have to talk about today is serious. Um, I try not to be too terribly serious all the time, but I was hoping that a title like how feeling inadequate serves you at least for a bit would draw you in. And, you know, part of the benefit of doing a podcast is that you learn stuff. You know, when I, when I, you've probably heard this at some point in your life that the best way to learn something is to teach it. So all of the things that I talk about to you come back to haunt me, I guess, or I use them. And so that's what happened here. So I want to share a story with you that happened just a few days ago at my church. But before I do, please choose your own story. If you chose to listen to a session about feeling inadequate, then I have to assume, unless you're just either super bored or, you know, you're trying to stay awake, which I'm not sure if that'll work, but I have to assume that that is something that bothers you, that you struggle with. So please take a minute to think of a time when you feel when you felt inadequate. It might be in a job situation. Maybe you've been offered a promotion or a certification. It might be in parenting. It might be in a relationship issue. Maybe it's about speaking up or whatever it is. We all feel inadequate from time to time, but there is a reason that it actually works, at least for a bit. So... Here's the story I want to share with you today. At my church, I've been serving and we have this really nice coffee bar and I've been serving in that coffee bar for a few years. You know, people come in and we have coffee and yeah, that and we talk to them and help them. Well, a week ago at the time of my recording, there was a call for help for, for the media team. So these are the people who operate the cameras and the lights and the presentation, you know, slides that come up. We do Facebook Live. They do all that stuff. You know, it's the big booth that's in the back. And so I thought, well, I do presentations. I use PowerPoint. They do something different, I'm sure. I use YouTube. I ho I edit things on Final Cut. I give presentations. I do webinars where I have to have multiple screens. I have to share things, all that stuff. So I thought, let's right up my alley. So, you know, first of all, they need help. Second of all, I think that I have something to offer and I think I could learn something. So why not? So I talked to the sweet woman who's in charge of it. And she said, well, first thing, just 
whenever you want to just come in and just sit up in the booth and just watch and see what roles there are and see what you want to do. So I was like, okay, so I did. So I walked in and the person who, the guy who was in the chart in charge that day, he walked me for, basically it was these six little stations and I have a picture in the show notes. So you can see it. I'm not sure if I got all the stations, but anyway, you can see what it looks like. So there's the, the camera, like there are lots of cameras, but the main camera that's on pastor and worship and all that, there was the soundboard, um, the light control. So that's things like house lights and the light. There's like different patterns of color. There could be orange, blue, that kind of thing. There's the, the slide presentation. Let's see, did I say that camera sounds or audio board light? the slides. Oh, the coordinator, there was a name for that. But the person who has on the headphones and he's, he's deciding what goes on the screen and he's coordinating with everybody. And then Facebook live. It probably took him 10 minutes or so to walk. And this was before service. So it wasn't like we were having to be really quiet. He was walking me from place to place, showing me what happened, you know, telling me what all that did. And within minutes after he finished showing me everything. And then I found a spot to look. I, I don't I didn't know at the time what was happening in my head, but I knew one thing that was happening in my head is I was saying to myself, um, no, no, this is not for me. You know, he was saying the whole time and I know he was trying to be helpful, but he was saying, oh, the lights, they're so easy. Oh, the slide presentation, it's so easy. That's where you could start. Oh, the camera, it's, you know, it scares people, but it's really easy. You just turn this one to zoom and you turn this one to um, focus because you'll have to follow the pastor back and forth and side to side. But, you know, it's just really easy. Um, everything was easy. This is easy. This is easy. This is easy. Um, now I processed it later, but again, at the time I was like, no, I was like, I will stay here. You know, I don't want to be rude and just leave, but I'll just continue doing the coffee bar. And so that's where I was. Service started and I was interested. So I watched, like I walked back and forth to the different, mainly the three. The soundboard is something I wouldn't do. I mean, I've never done anything like that. And you do have to have kind of an ear and a knowledge so no, I don't know about the camera. You know, that's that's a possibility, I guess. And the coordinator deal, wish I could remember the name for that. That's that's not something I would probably do either. So I paid attention to the light board and the PowerPoint, whatever they call it, slides and the Facebook. So I was paying attention. I asked questions. And as I asked questions, it became so much less complicated, like the lights, Okay, I hope I'm not boring you all with this, but the lights, it's all programmed. Like it has opening and you just click on it and it puts the light, they've pre-programmed the lights. Um, song one, whatever the name is, song two, whatever the name is, sermon, offering, you just you just click it. I mean, he literally was right. It was easy. Same for the slides. It's all everything, you know, the scriptures he's going to say, the number one, the number two, the, every, the announcements, everything is there and you just click on it. So everything, what he was right, the things he was talking about were easy. Now it did get a little weird when pastor asked for, uh, he asked, for example, like, Hey, pull up the verses to that, that second song we listened to pull up the first verse. Now I'm looking through it through the eyes of no experience, but I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, that's pressure. What would you do? But they've, 
done this for a while. So I understand, you know, we learn things with experience. So I'm feeling good about the lights and I'm feeling good about the, the, um, so then I go over to the Facebook and there's two screens there. Okay. Two computers. One has what you would normally think of as Facebook. And then there's this second monitor that has two different screens on it. And then all these bars with all these colors and all these words. And I was again, nope, nope. I, I wouldn't want to do that. And then I watched him for a while and ask questions and he answered my questions. He had the structure of the service already before start. He knew what points he would need to type in. So he would keep up with comments. He knew what scriptures he would need to, to, to type in. And then he would like the comments and there were pre program graphics to put in. It was all structured. So I sat back there for, it was about an hour and a half intently watching and it all made sense. I mean, I won't say that it all looked easy, but it all looked completely doable, realizing that, you know, over time, that, and they said that we will teach you everything. And you know what else? They were laughing and joking and having a good time. There was lots of energy. You know, I like to be in a place that's lots of energy. You got to see the service from like this whole different vantage point. And I was like, well, this is cool. And so by the end of that hour and a half, I didn't even really think about the fact that I had come in there within a few minutes saying, nope. But after an hour and a half, I was like, okay, I can do this. So I found my husband because I was back there the whole time. And he said, well, how did it go? Did you like it? And I said, yeah, I said, I think, I think I'll do it. Um, and, and I said to him, I said, in the beginning, I thought, um, nope, not going to do this, but you know how I make those snap judgments sometimes. So all of this happened and I didn't think much more about it. But over the course of the next day, and then even more so this morning, when I decided to record this, I began, the first thing I thought to myself was, why? What I said to my husband was, you know how I am, I make those snap judgments about many things. But in this case, why? Like, why do I make those snap judgments? So this is where I come into starting to process it. Now, are you with me here? I hope you are thinking of your story. So your story is about a time when you felt inadequate. And I don't know whether you're still in it or there's already been an outcome, but keep listening because either way, I want you to be able to process it if it was in the past. And I want you to be able to figure it out and move forward if it's like currently. So I thought of three things that really caused me to make that snap judgment and say, nope, nope, can't do it. The first one was simple inadequacy, simply thinking I wasn't good enough. I couldn't handle it as well. You know, the, the guy who was in charge, he even told me, and he didn't mean anything by this. He just said, he said, you know, when I first started doing this, I'm such a perfectionist and it was just so hard for me. And I would get so upset when things weren't going perfect, but now I'm like, you know, God will take care of this and it'll all be good. And everybody's doing the best that they could, that they can. And suddenly I'm thinking, what if I don't do the best, even though you may not say anything, you may be thinking it. And what if I put up the wrong verse? And what if I put up the wrong lights? And what if I say something on the Facebook live comments that moves people away from God? And I'm like, ay, 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 ay. So, and, and I had to, whoops, sorry about that. If I, I just hit the microphone. So I had to really get in touch with those thoughts. What if I do this? And what if I do that? All these thoughts. 
So that was the first thing that led me to make that snap judgment of um, no. The second, I believe was my age. Like if you look at that picture, I'm not sure if you can tell, but as I looked around minus there was one man who was my age, maybe a little bit older and one woman who was younger, but not like young, young, but the rest of them, 20s, 30s. And so I think the thought was, will I be able to keep up? Will I catch on? Will I make mistakes? Will they make comments? Will I feel bad about myself? That's the second thing. The third thing, again, as you look at that picture, you might see another pattern other than youth. And that pattern is gender. So there was a woman on the camera, but she was all the way at the other end and she didn't interact at all. Cause when you're on the camera, you know, that's all you can do. A couple of those positions, you can't interact with anybody. And that's one of them. But other than that, everyone in there were males. And I didn't even realize it was affecting me. You know, in fact, I was interacting with them the whole time, men, young, older, not the woman. We had a good time. No one seemed to care at all that I was a woman and it made absolutely no difference. In fact, I can't even tell you one thought like with the age, I told you that I could trace the thought to, could I keep up and could I do it and blah, blah. But with being a woman, I, there was nothing I could think of that would hold me back. We made jokes back there. You know, I've known Pastor Dan for probably 20 years and some of them haven't known him for very long. So I made a couple of jokes that they must not have made before. Like we all know, all of us in the church, that Pastor Dan can get a little irritated if things don't, if things are messing up. He doesn't yell and he's not mean, but he'll call you out. And so I made one of the jokes I said was, okay, everybody, I want to work back here, maybe, but I want a position where Pastor Dan doesn't yell at me. And they all laughed and they were like, oh, I'm so glad you said that. And then they joked about it. So again, he doesn't really yell, but I don't know if they've never verbalized it before, but they seem to appreciate it. So they, they enjoyed me. I think they may be listening to, to this going, no, he didn't, but I think they did. So those are the three things that, that I believe led to my snap judgment, my overall feeling that I wasn't good enough, um, being uh, older and being a woman in the midst of a bunch of men. Fast forward to, I think it was this morning. I don't remember to the poof, the boom. I was thinking about my self-esteem and I've talked to you before about this book. I'll put it in the show notes again. It's called Self-Esteem by Matthew McKay and Patrick Fanning. And I'll put a link in the show notes to the time when I've done the self-esteem segment. And one in particular I talk about is positive reinforcement of your negative voice, meaning that your negative voice is talking to you and you continue to let it do so because you're being reinforced in some way. I don't talk as much about negative reinforcement for the critic. And this is exactly what was happening to me. So see if you, you see yourself in here. The negative reinforcement means that it will cause you to stop doing something. So I'm actually going to read word for word a couple of things. So one of the ways that your inner critic, AKA your negative voice, your feelings of inadequacy, because you're telling yourself you're not good enough. One of the ways that it's reinforced is because we all have a need to control painful feelings. Think about how painful that was. I didn't realize it was painful, but it was painful to be afraid that I wasn't good enough. So let me read this to you. When the critic helps you to diminish 
or entirely stop painful feelings, his voice is highly reinforced. Even though the long-term effect is to destroy your self-esteem, the short-term effect of critical self-talk may be a reduction in painful affect or a reduction in a painful feeling. See, and I'm not done yet. Let me read one more part to you, but that's why I named it why feelings of inadequacy might serve you for a bit because they take your pain away for a bit. Think of how I felt when I decided, well, back up, think of how I felt when I was going, nope, not good enough. Can't do it. What if I do this? What if I do that? And then think, and that was all very fast. Think of how good I felt when my, when my inner critic, my inner voice said, nope, I'll just continue to do the coffee. That's where I'm comfortable. My feelings of anxiety go down. And so he tells this story, uh, fear of failure. He says, a woman who was contemplating a job search for a more creative kind of work began feeling very nervous at the thought of leaving the safety of her old job. Her critic came to the rescue. The critic said, you can't do it. You'll be fired. You haven't got enough artistic talent. They'll see right through you. Under this barrage of self-rejecting statements, she decided to wait for a year before doing anything. Immediately, her anxiety level decreased. And the critic was reinforced because his attack led directly to a reduction in her level of distress. The critic is very useful in protecting you against the anxiety inherent in change and risk-taking. As soon as he undermines your confidence to the point where you abandon your plan for change, he's reinforced by your feeling of relief. Isn't that exactly what I told you? I wanted to do it. I was very excited. And then my inner voice, he said, no, you can't do it. You're not good enough. What if you mess up? What if you do that? And then I said, well, I'll just keep doing the coffee because I've done that for a while. I, I understand it. I, I'm good at it. And I feel much better. And I realized that I really did those two steps. I decided to try something because of the excitement. Remember, I felt like I could contribute and I felt like I could learn something and they needed help and I was ready for a change. And then a few minutes later, second thing, nope. And there was the relief. So what do you do? How did I get to the place where I decided to do it? The thing is, I, I got there with not really within a self-reflective way, but when I bring it to the surface, I know how I got there. And these are not necessarily in order. And also, let me say, this is how I'm intending to go forward when this happens again, maybe a little bit more so than I did to figure this one out. So I had three things that I think it's not necessarily in these order, in this order. The, the first thing though, that I listed was acknowledge what's happening. And this might come later when you reflect and when you become self-aware. And I, I discovered that I did this three times. I acknowledge, I acknowledge what was happening three times. So we got to get in touch with that inner voice and, and, and really know what it's saying. The first time I acknowledged it is when I said to Tim, well, you know how I am. You know how I make those snap judgments. The second time I acknowledged it is when I realized there was something going on, on in my head and I was thinking it through. And the third time I acknowledged it is with the, when I realized that this was a self-esteem issue, that this was a negative reinforcement of my inner voice. So the first thing is acknowledge it. The second thing is to give it time, which I did. I honestly didn't give it time on purpose. The funny thing is I didn't go in there and, and think I'm not going to do it. And then think, no, give it time. I didn't do that. 
And, and also the funny thing is the only reason that I stayed is because I didn't want anyone to think I was being rude for leaving, <laughs> but I stayed. So giving it time, whatever that means, it could be minutes. It could be an hour and a half. Like it was for me. It could be days. I don't know. It depends on the issue, but I gave it an hour and whether you're offered a promotion or whatever it is, like, like this woman or offered a new position or you're moving or whatever it is, decide that you're going to give it time and not make a snap decision. And then during the time, reflect, reflect. And these are the things that I talked about. What were you thinking, right? Mine were, I'm not good enough. I won't be able to do it perfectly. I'm too old. I'm a woman. What if I do the lights wrong? What if I do the wrong scripture? What if I say something wrong on Facebook? Blah, 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 blah. So give it time and reflect during this time. And then the last thing is to reassess. See, these steps are really easy, at least to write them down. But so when you reassess, it's looking looking back. Now, by looking back, I don't mean that, that you're necessarily through it yet. I mean, just looking back to those fearful thoughts, right? What if they're mean to me? What if they did it? It means looking back to see if your fears were founded. So as I looked back, I thought, well, my thoughts were not, were not accurate. You know, I even noticed a couple of errors that, that they had committed because, so I'm putting myself in their shoes. If I had done that, the world did not end. One of the guys got called out for something wrong. He put on the thing and I'm thinking, what if that happened to me? The world did not end. What if they'd gotten yelled at? I don't know. You know, if, if they're okay with it, then I don't know. I mean, cause that didn't happen. Do I, so I'm asking myself as I'm reassessing at the end. Remember, I, I don't think I did this on purpose, but it's what I did. <laughs> Excuse me. Do I want to do this like I did before? A am I excited? Do I still believe that it's interesting that I can contribute, that I can learn something that I want to help, which I decide that I did. Now, listen, it could have gone the other way. What if back there, because remember I said they were, they were laughing and enjoying and they seemed to be having a good time with each other and high energy. It was such an interesting place to be. But what if none of that was true? What if they all seemed like they hated it? They were unhappy. What if it was very sullen and low energy? What if they did make a rude comment about my age or being a woman? What if, I don't know, because that didn't happen. The odds are, if I know myself well enough, if I go into a situation where I have a choice and there's a group of people that seem like they don't want to be there. It's a negative environment. I probably would have chosen to not move forward in that position, but it didn't happen. And so this is, this is what I went through that I thought might help you. So I hope that it has helped you just a quick little recap. Think about your story and then realize if you're doing the self-esteem thing in particular, realize the reason that inadequacy could be serving you because it's taking your emotional pain away temporarily, but long-term it is not going to serve you well. So realize if you're doing that. And then the three steps that I'm using going forward, like purposely, purposefully, I don't know, whichever one on purpose, as opposed to it just happening is acknowledge what's happening, give it time and reassess. So that's what I have for you today. As always, I'm so happy that you choose to spend your time with me. Please do like, subscribe, download, invite your friends. I'm, I'm interviewing more the next week. I think I'll have an interview for us to do. So I'm trying to switch it up and do a little bit of both. 
If you're a woman and you haven't joined the private Facebook group, please do that. I'm full on in the middle of book edits. So revised edition, revised edition of the Stress Club along with an online course will be coming out soon. So stay with me. Thank you for growing our community. And until we're together next time, consider yourself hugged. <laughs>